Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. We've got another good one for you. Penelope and Pearson Pass Judgment. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winner was Roddy from Concord, California, who sent in the correct answer of Wonderful Grace of Jesus from the story Mama Peters' Unmet Expectations. Good job, Roddy! Now sit back and get settled and listen to Penelope and Pearson Pass Judgment. Penelope played quietly with her little Miss Molly dolls on the windowsill of her bedroom on an early Saturday morning. She had to be very quiet because the twins were still sound asleep and she didn't want to disturb them. She had been up for a whole half an hour and had already read her Bible and written in her prayer journal. Now she was enjoying an imaginative game with her mini dolls. Her favorite doll in the Little Miss Molly line was Little Miss Sarah with her curly black hair and flawless chestnut skin and dark eyes. Penelope was deep in a game of pretend school. Little Miss Sarah was struggling with her attitude toward a new girl, Little Miss Millicent. If truth be told, though, Little Miss Sarah really wasn't struggling with her attitude. She just allowed herself to have jealous feelings toward Little Miss Millicent. Penelope, the teacher of her pretend school, made sure the dolls listened attentively to her, and she admonished them to work out their problems with each other, which they did. With Little Miss Sarah admitting her sin of jealousy to Little Miss Millicent, she earnestly apologized, and they ended their spat with a loving hug. As soon as the dolls were friends again in Penelope's pretend school game, Penelope was startled by a loud roar coming from down the street. She leaned her head as far to the corner of the window as possible and saw the culprit of the loud roar. It was a couple of motorcycles, followed by a moving truck pulling up to the little gray house that had sat empty for as long as she could remember. Engrossed in the scene, Penelope stealthily but quickly tiptoed to the door and opened it as quietly as she could, despite the squeaky door hinges. Fortunately, It didn't awaken the twins as she stepped out and walked downstairs to the front room window, where she would be able to get a better angle on what was happening. Opening up the blinds, she stood at the window watching every move of the people down the street. She made no attempt to watch surreptitiously, but instead watched in plain view. With their motorcycles parked in the driveway with their helmets perched on their seats, a man and a woman were unloading the giant moving truck. Penelope noted that there was an older man in the moving truck, and next to him in the passenger seat, was a toddler. Penelope wondered how they were all related, but before she had a chance to consider it more, Mama Peters tapped her on the shoulder. Good morning, Nellie. Are you practicing being a nosy neighbor to the new folks? Mama Peters asked with smiling eyes. Well, sorta. Well, I've been watching too, Pen. I was in the kitchen doing my Bible reading and drinking my coffee when I heard the roar of their motorcycles. The riders are a man and a woman. I tell you, I'm fascinated myself. We can bring them some cookies over this evening. Maybe you can make a batch this morning. What do you think? Oh, I'd love to. Maybe I should get started now. Penelope was enthusiastic about making cookies. Well, that's a good idea. And I'll start fixing breakfast. The twins are really sleeping soundly, aren't they? They are, Mama Peters. But they didn't fall asleep until late last night. I could hear them fooling around all the way until I fell asleep. Oh, those mischievous little ladies. But they're delightful, aren't they? 
Oh, yes, Mama Peters, they're adorable. Good morning, ladies. Did everyone see that we have some new neighbors down the street? Daddy Peters asked before he kissed Mama Peters and hugged Penelope. Oh, Daddy Peters, we're way ahead of you. We already know what kind of vehicles they drive and that they have dessert on the way. Mama Peters laughed. (laughs) What vehicles they drive? Pretty sure the next town over knows what kind of vehicles they drive. I seriously thought a freight train was blowing through our bedroom this morning. Well, they are rather loud. Are motorcycles always that loud? Mama Peters stopped cracking eggs and looked at Daddy Peters. I'm not sure, but I think they have to put some special things on their mufflers to work them into such a deafening roar. Daddy Peters answered. Well, why would anyone want such loud motorcycles? That's bizarre to me. Mama Peters shook her head. I don't know. Maybe to disturb the neighbors? Daddy Peters chuckled. (laughs) Well, Mama Peters replied, I'm not too sure I'm going to be a big fan of motorcycles. Me either, chimed in Penelope. A moment later, Pearson walked in holding hands with Patience and Priscilla, the family's twin toddlers. He looked haggard. What was that noise this morning? It scared me out of my wits. That noise you heard came courtesy of our new neighbors and courtesy of their joy rides, which are parked in their driveway, Daddy Peters replied pleasantly. Pearson took off for the window to have a look. Awesome! Check those hogs out! Hogs? Where did you learn that? Mama Peters quizzed with some amusement. From Todd. He's always said he's going to get a hog when he's older. Oh, I see, but hogs can be very dangerous, so I'm not sure that Mr. and Mrs. Hicks will be crazy about that. Mama Peters, Mr. Hicks told Todd that as long as he's careful, he doesn't have a problem with that when he's older, because when he was younger, Mr. Hicks himself had a hog. Oh, boy. Well, don't go getting any ideas, Pearson, because as far as we're concerned, when you're old enough to drive, we'll buy you a bus pass. Are you serious, Mama Peters? Pearson had a look of consternation on his face. Who knows? Daddy Peters was cryptic in his response. Maybe by then, bus passes will be too expensive. Mama Peters busted out laughing. (laughs) Oh, Daddy Peters! Which was a relief to Pearson, who knew at once that they were joking. Pearson? Pen? I'm going to change the subject here. After breakfast, the plan is to pack up the car and go to the park for some fishing and picnicking. So we need to get those cookies done for the new neighbors. Yay, Mama Peters! Penelope shouted as she trayed some of the cookies, which were just about ready for the oven. After the family finished their breakfast of bacon, eggs, and blueberries, Penelope finished the cookies while everyone else tidied up the kitchen, and they all got dressed and ready to go. Pearson checked his tackle box to make sure that all of his lures, bobbers, and split shots were tucked away. He walked out to the front yard, where Penelope and the twins were looking for worms for him. Patience was in the middle of handing a worm to Penelope, who placed it gingerly in her styrofoam cup, which had a nice cushion of dirt in the bottom. Hey, Pierce, we've got six worms so far. Penelope was only too happy to help her older brother. That's awesome, Pearson answered as Daddy and Mama Peters joined them in the front yard and began loading the car. Penelope happened to glance up. Look, our new neighbors are coming over. The Peters family turned around and stared as the new neighbors, a rather motley crew, weren't shy about tramping on the Peters' yard. Penelope immediately noticed that the toddler had massive holes in the knees of his jeans, and the man and the woman, who she presumed were his parents, had tattoos on their forearms. The man spoke up first. Howdy, neighbor. Me and the kid and the wife. Hey, we wanted to come over and meet you. And also, we were wondering, 
if you ain't got a pump, our hand truck, that, that thing over there has a flat and it's really, it's been a real bear trying to get to wheel in the load of junk. The man was staring directly at Daddy Peters as he stumbled over his words. Why, uh, sure. Yeah, we have a pump, but I also have another hand truck I can loan you. Would you like some help unloading? Daddy Peters politely offered, much to the chagrin of Penelope and Pearson. They just knew that their fishing and picnic would be delayed if they were able to go at all. Judging by the man's brash manner, Pearson and Penelope feared the worst, that he would certainly take Daddy Peters up on his offer, and their instincts were right. The man nodded enthusiastically. Hey, that'd be great, mister. Er, what's your name? Daddy Peters introduced the family, and Penelope and Pearson followed Mama Peters' example, nodding, smiling, and saying hello as they were each introduced. Well, I'm Billy, and this here, this is my son, my, this is my wife, Sunny, and that there, that kid, he's Rocket. Penelope's mind exploded. Rocket, she thought, but thankfully she was able to keep her surprise in her head. What kind of name is Rocket? And why doesn't Rocket appear to have any appropriate pants? Hey, Rocket, how old are you? Mama Peters bent down and asked sweetly. Rocket didn't say anything, but just stared back at Mama Peters. The woman, who Billy had introduced as his wife, Sunny, spoke up. He don't talk much. Takes him a while. Just turn three. Oh, you don't have to worry about that, Sunny. I certainly understand the hesitation of little ones. These two, Patience and Priscilla, are turning two this year, and it's hard to get them to say much. But they seem to understand each other. Mama Peters' tone was friendly and kind. Well, let's get to work, Daddy Peters said. Oh, man, we sure don't want to bother your plans or nothing. It looks like y'all were going fishing, Sonny replied. Penelope and Pearson exchanged annoyed looks. It didn't occur to them that anyone would see them, but they saw Mama Peters looking at them with disapproval. We can all pitch in and help. I'm great at organizing kitchens. How about we start unpacking the boxes that the men brought in, Mama Peters offered. That'd be rockin'. Sonny don't much like organizing stuff with Rocket around. He's the destroyer. Well, maybe Pearson and Penelope can keep an eye on him and the twins. They're great helpers to me. Mama Peters looked expectantly at Pearson and Penelope, who didn't really feel so eager to help with Rocket. Sure, we can help. Penelope tried to sound enthusiastic. Yeah, we can. Though Billy and Sonny didn't notice, Pearson didn't seem too eager to help. But that was that. The Peters spent the afternoon helping their new neighbors. The Cameron family, who were their new neighbors, shared about their lives and how they were interested in motorcycles and owned a local tattoo shop. Mama and Daddy Peters asked lots of questions of the Camerons because they knew nothing about tattoos or motorcycles. Yeah, Daddy Peters, we could hook you up, man. I can get you a good-looking tat on your arm, maybe a tribute to your favorite band, Billy offered as they set the couch down in the living room. My favorite band? Oh, sheesh, I wouldn't be able to name a favorite. And I'm not so sure about ever getting a tattoo. Daddy Peters laughed kindly. <laughs> you don't have a favorite band? Come on, man. What about the Wonders? Their music is chill. I gotta admit that I've not heard of that band, Billy. What? Billy stared at Daddy Peters like he was a space alien. Yep, I don't do so much listening to music these days. Except for some worship music and hymns, like, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Hmm, never heard of that one. Sounds way too religious. Well, it's certainly the kind of music that helps me worship God, Daddy Peters said. And predictably, at least to Pearson and Penelope, who were listening as they played with Rocket, Patience, and Priscilla. 
Daddy Peters launched into gospel sharing. The afternoon passed quickly, and then evening came. Pearson and Penelope knew that it was getting too late to go fishing. The Peters family made their exit and walked home together, discussing the interesting family they had just spent the day with. They were... they were super... different? Pearson was choosing his words carefully. That's true, Pearson. They're different than us, that's for sure, Mama Peters declared. And Rocket, what kind of name is that? And did you see the holes in his pants? And they all had tattoos. They looked a bit yucky. And the the dad kept saying inappropriate things like, Rocket, I'm going to kick your bum. That was so weird. Penelope made no secret of her disdain for the new family. Penelope, they are very different than us. But your words are unkind. But Daddy Peters, it's true. What Penelope said is true. I mean, Rocket's fingernails had dirt under them like he hadn't had a bath in days. And his pants were full of holes. He was just, I, I don't know. Like Penelope said, he was he was yucky. Wow. I am disappointed in both of you. You sound like you're judging based on appearance. God very clearly says in John 7.24, Do not judge on outward appearances, but with right judgment. Do you think you're using right judgment right now? And not only that, but they were very kind. Sure, they're rough around the edges, but they are perhaps ripe for the gospel. I invited them to church tomorrow, and they're excited to come with us. Oh, Daddy Peters, how embarrassing. Are you? Are they going to sit with us? Penelope could not believe what she had just heard. Mama Peters jumped in. What's embarrassing, Penelope Susanna? Are you saying that you're embarrassed that Daddy Peters invited people who don't look like us to church? Well, well, I'll bet that Rocket won't be able to sit still or be quiet the whole time. Yes, you're probably right, Penelope, but that is no difference than Patience and Priscilla. Pearson, Penelope, I think you need to go upstairs and spend some time thinking and praying about your attitudes. It's troubling to think that you care so much about outward appearances. 1 Samuel 16.7 says, and I know both of you know this verse, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And before you go upstairs, Daddy Peters had entered the conversation again, if there is any place where we should be magnanimous and giving toward each other, it is in church. Daddy Peters opened his phone, and scrolled quickly to James, a book in the New Testament. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or you sit down at my feet, Have you then not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Now listen to this last part. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? Pearson and Penelope looked glum. They knew better than to say another word and obediently walked up the stairs to spend some time in their bedrooms. As Penelope lay in her bed, contemplating what had just happened, while watching Patience and Priscilla play on the floor, she slowly began to understand what Mama Peters had been saying. But it was hard. 
Their other neighbors right across the street weren't Christians either. But Nora was much more normal, and her parents didn't ride around on motorcycles or have their bodies covered in tattoos. Penelope could just envision everyone staring at them as the Camerons entered church. What would her friends think? As she prayed for understanding, she didn't observe the twins walking out of the room with little toys in their hands. But it was the flushing and gurgling of the toilet that caused Penelope to dash for the bathroom. Piercing also came running in from his room. It was there that they found the twins standing watching as water began to flood the bathroom. Oh no! Mama Peters! Daddy Peters! They both shouted as they grabbed the twins. They heard the sounds of running footsteps on the stairs as Daddy and Mama Peters rushed into the bathroom. Daddy Peters immediately turned off the water. Mama Peters grabbed a stack of towels and began to wipe it up. Daddy Peters went to get the plunger, but it wasn't there. Where is the plunger? Daddy shouted above the ma'am. Oh, no. Daddy Peters, remember? We had to throw it away because the handle broke. Patience was pretending it was her horse and she was riding it. We forgot to replace it, Mama Peters answered. Oh, boy. Daddy Peters stopped to think frantically. Pearson, Penelope, run down to Nora's and see if you can borrow a plunger. Pearson and Penelope darted to the Thompson's house, where Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, along with Nora, were seated in their car in the driveway with the engine running. Mr. Thompson quickly opened the window. Mr. Thompson, may we borrow a plunger? Pearson asked. Oh, sorry, buddy, we're on our way out and we can't spare a moment. But, Mr. Thompson! Mr. Thompson seemed completely oblivious and interrupted Penelope. Sorry, guys, we gotta go. We're heading to the movies and we don't want to be late. I hope you find a plunger. Pearson and Penelope looked deflated and didn't know what to do exactly. Penelope considered running over to Mr. Flaverty's house, but as soon as she had that thought, she and Pearson caught Billy, the new neighbor, in his yard, staring at them. Yo, kids, you okay? Yeah, we're fine. We just need to borrow something, Pearson answered, a bit warily. Well, maybe I can help. What do you need? Uh, we need a plunger, Penelope answered hesitantly. A plunger? Dog, you know I got that. We use it all the time around here because you would not believe how much toilet paper Rocket uses. I'll grab it. Billy ran inside of his house and came out carrying a plunger. Let me go with you. I got epic skills unplugging toilets. They ran upstairs to the bathroom, where Daddy and Mama Peters were furiously mopping up the floor. Billy took a quick assessment of the toilet situation. This dad blame thing can't be plunged. I think we're going to have to pull the junk out of there. Daddy Peters, allow me. And with that, Billy, much to Pearson and Penelope's horror, rolled his sleeve up and stuck his arm down into the toilet, fishing in the pipe, and pulling up not one, not two, but three toys. The moment those toys were out, the water went down the pipe and everyone was relieved. Billy, you did it! Daddy Peters nearly shouted, Thanks! Yep, happy to help! Billy shook his wet, tattooed arm over the tub. After Billy had cleaned up and left, Pearson and Penelope looked at Daddy and Mama Peters with shame. Boy, oh boy, did we do wrong. We judged by outward appearances. And not only that, but when we went to Nora's house to borrow a plunger, Mr. Thompson said they were late for a movie, so he didn't help us out. But our new neighbors, the Camerons, the ones we judged, well, they were ready to help out in an instant. Daddy and Mama Peters, I was wrong to judge. Pearson's voice was full of repentance. Me too. I am so ashamed of my attitude. 
Mama Peters, Daddy Peters, I want the Camerons to come to church tomorrow. That was so nice of Mr. Cameron to come and help us. Would you forgive me, too, for being so judgmental? It doesn't matter how he looks, Penelope continued. God doesn't care how people look on the outside. Would you forgive me for speaking so poorly about them? Penelope looked a bit downcast. Of course we do. We understand. People look different. They act different. But God cares about the heart. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Well, in this instance, the Good Samaritan was not Nora's family. The Good Samaritan was our new neighbor, the ones that did not appear to be as appealing on the outside. Pearson and Penelope nodded vigorously in understanding, and the whole family exchanged hugs. After dinner, Pearson and Penelope dropped the fresh-baked cookies off at the Cameron home. Thanks for helping us today, Mr. Cameron, Pearson said as he handed them the cookies. No sweat, dude! But don't call me Mr. Cameron, or I'll look for my old man. And he's lying on the couch, snoring away. They could hear the sounds of Billy's dad snoring. (coughs) Just call me Billy, man. Well, we look forward to having you at church tomorrow, Billy, Penelope said. Rocket, who had been munching on a cookie, looked up at Penelope. Day new, Neppy. Billy looked surprised. Did you hear that? He knows your name. Hey, we're looking forward to coming to church tomorrow. Penelope and Pearson waved goodbye and walked home in silence, both of them in the quiet of their heart. Thank the Lord that he cares about how people are on the inside rather than the outside. This is Grandmom's Corner. This week's story reminds me of one of our daughter's story in some ways. She's married to a man who has several tattoos on his arm, so I've asked her to tell about how she met her husband and how the Lord helped her to look beyond his tattoos. Listen to her story now. My husband and I met while we attended college. We were both part of our Christian college group that met on campus. We had lots of mutual friends, and we would see each other a lot at different social gatherings. I knew that he had tattoos, and I was fine with them because we were just friends. It didn't really affect me. One time we were together at a friend's event and he had just gotten a tattoo. I saw him and I was like, oh yeah, nice tattoo. Not thinking that I would end up with this guy. So anyway, he ended up getting one more tattoo after that and he told me afterwards that he got it because he thought I liked tattoos or that I was fine with them. So it's kind of funny to look back on because I was not a big fan of his tattoos and it was a little bit hard at first because He has a lot of tattoos on one arm, so it's very obvious if he's wearing a t-shirt because they're visible. So I remember asking him when he first met my family and first came to our church if he wouldn't mind wearing long sleeves because I just was nervous what people would think, think that he's not saved or that, oh, maybe this guy's not a good guy. He did it for me, but then after a while, I was like, it doesn't really bother me, so... I'm fine with you wearing whatever. And now, I don't really even notice his tattoos. I see them, obviously, every day, but they don't affect me, and I don't really notice them like I used to. And now we have five children, and I'm thankful that the Lord brought us together and that I was able to see past the outward appearance of the tattoos, which I didn't love and still are not my preference, but I was able to see his love for the Lord as a great godly husband to me and a godly parent to the kids and so I'm just thankful that 
it taught me to not worry so much about what others may look like or preferences, to not focus on someone's tattoos or what they prefer to wear, that we need to look at others how God sees us. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. My daughter's story is such a good example of how, as believers, we should be focused on what really matters. It isn't that our outward appearance doesn't matter, because the Bible does teach us to be modest in our clothing choices, but the Bible is clear that we aren't to judge based on what a person looks like or what someone wears. My daughter disliked tattoos so much that even after she met with him for coffee a couple of times, she was so distracted by his tattoos that she really didn't pay attention to what was most important. His love for God, his love for the Bible, his kindness and care for others. After she began praying about her attitude, she began to see him in a different light and the Lord brought them together in marriage. So let me pose this question to you. What do you look for in a friend? Do you dismiss someone because they might have a disability or they don't have the same style as you and they look different? Or you think they might not fit in with your other friends and you're concerned with what your other friends might think? What you should really take notice of is if they love Jesus and are interested in church and the Bible. Pray that God will help you not turn your nose up at them and act like a snob and think you're better than them. Instead, pray that you'll see people as God sees them, made in His image and created by Him. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with a new story about the Peters family. Bye for now.